With your latest news, I'm April Cummings. The Cayman Islands government today signs an agreement for a new medical tourism project, promising hundreds of construction jobs in the short and medium term. Radio Cayman's Shanda Gallego has more. At a live press briefing, Premier the Honorable Alda McLaughlin updates the country on the new Astor Cayman Med City project. The project will be carried out in phases and will comprise a hospital, assisted living and independent living quarters, and a medical university. Total cost of the project is estimated at some U.S. $350 million. The Premier says Phase 1 will comprise a 150-bed multi-specialty hospital on Grand Cayman, offering primary, secondary, tertiary, and quaternary care, which he describes as very specialized medical care not currently available on the islands. Phase 1 is expected to be completed over some three years. During this phase, Asta will also establish a clinic on Cayman Brac. Phase two will provide an assisted living and independent living facilities, each comprising 100 units. Plans anticipate phase two to start about three years after the hospital has been operational. Phase three will comprise a medical university, which will be integrated with the hospital. It is expected that the hospital will also be expanded to about 500 beds during this phase. The third phase of the hospital is expected to start some seven years after the hospital has been in operation. The Premier says the company will use local contractors and local service providers during construction and outlines concessions government is providing to ensure the earliest completion and future success of the project. No duty on life-saving equipment and medical supplies for a period of 25 years after the commencement of construction of phase one no duty on other medical equipment and supplies for a period of 25 years after the commencement of construction of Phase 1. For clarity, government will not defer, waive, or reduce custom duty for materials, equipment, supplies, or items of any kind to be used in or for the construction of Astor Cayman MedCity or any of its facilities, nor will it waive or reduce stamp duties on the purchase of any land being purchased for the development of the facility. The Premier stressed the duty concessions extend only to medical equipment and medical supplies intended for the use and consumption of Astor Cayman Med City and its patients. Astor is not allowed to resell medical equipment or supplies to anyone but its patients. While government has agreed to assist the Dubai-based company with efficient movement through applications and license requests, the company will need to meet all other requirements on its own. The government also has put a five-year moratorium on any new non-Caymanian medical tourism providers to compete in the field of large-scale medical tourism. Shanda Gallego, Radio Cayman News. While Astor DM is the Dubai-based company behind the project, a familiar proponent of medical tourism will serve as project director, Jean Thompson of Thompson Development, formerly of Health City Cayman Islands, the island's first large-scale medical tourism project. He says this new project wasn't on his agenda. It wasn't something that had planned on. It wasn't something that had gone out and looked for. I have a lot of other things going on. I've had some health challenges. By God's grace, I'm doing well. But this is really about Cayman and what's best to make Cayman the destination for destination care. And when it was brought to my attention, I actually initially turned it down. Um, and then I thought about it and said, if, if we didn't do it here, it was going to go somewhere else. So why, why should we let this escape? Mr. Thompson tells Radio Cayman he sees a bright future in this sector for the islands, and not just because COVID has put a strain on hospitals and medical facilities around the world. He believes Cayman will succeed in this sector because people want to come here. Part of the reason that has made Cayman is has separated Cayman from the other Caribbean destinations is access, 
to residents who are choosing to come here to fantastic health care. It's been a huge, huge difference in Cayman compared to everywhere else. And that's and we hear that time and time again with Health City and now of course with Astra coming along, it's only going to be increased. So uh, we believe that'll be a big bone for us. He says not only is healthcare a relatively recession-proof business, but it also provides a lot of other opportunities. The the thing that's powerful about healthcare are all of the things that outflows from it. All of the, you know, it's, it's residential pro property needed, it's the retail spending, it's all of the other things. And those are, you know, as developers, those are opportunities for us, which we, we take advantage of. In today's press conference to announce the signing of the agreement, Mr. Thompson said the construction work that will come as a result of the project will not only provide Caymanian jobs, but will also support the economy as it navigates its way through the longer-term impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. House Speaker the Honorable Makiva Bush was sentenced today after his guilty plea in assault and disorderly conduct charges from a Coral Beach incident back in February. Mr. Bush received a 60-day suspended sentence and fine. Earlier this month, the West Bay MLA pled guilty to two counts of common assault and one disorderly conduct charge. A female manager at the bar was hospitalized in the incident. Mr. Bush initially pled not guilty to the charges. At the Mid-City press briefing today, when asked by local media, the premier said he did not anticipate any action being taken with regard to Mr. Bush's position as speaker. Obviously, the government will have to take time to consider the matter, but what I will say about that is that there may or may not be another meeting of the House before the House is, is dissolved in March. Um, I am not sure that the country would be well served now by my taking action which precipitates the collapse of the government and the holding <coughs> of early elections. So we have to bear that in mind. Premier the Honorable Alden McLaughlin. Chief Medical Officer Dr. John Lee confirms five new positive cases today after 642 COVID-19 tests were carried out since our last report on Friday. The individuals are asymptomatic travelers who tested positive following routine screening. They will remain in isolation until considered recovered. Right now, more than 1,100 people are in isolation, whether at a government facility or in their homes, as required by the Medical Officer of Health. Deputy Governor the Honorable France Manderson, meantime, affirms Cayman's quarantine protocols as more travelers arrive on island. What we're doing with Travel Cayman and, and the entire reopening of our borders is the major focus is to keep our people safe. We have a multi-layered approach where persons have their wristband. We have um, a team of dedicated Caymanians doing door knocks. We have persons who phone persons in, in isolation to check on them. The deputy governor says the main thing is for those who are isolating is to be responsible and be part of the solution, not part of the problem. More than 10 line managers and department heads within the Ministry of Education, Youth, Sports, Agriculture and Lands are now adult mental health first aiders. Radio Cayman's Dion Anglin explains. Acting Chief for the Ministry of Education, Youth, Sports, Agriculture and Lands, Lynette Monteith, says the COVID-19 pandemic and the ensuing shift to remote work spurred by shelter-in-place arrangements have impacted many of their employees over the past several months. As a ministry, she said they deem it important to ensure good health and well-being among their employees. In doing so, she said they must make certain that managers are aware of some of the important factors affecting mental health, can identify a range of mental health issues, and 
and offer support to employees as needed. 18 course participants were trained in the two-day online training session to identify several mental health issues, including depression, substance abuse, self-harm, anxiety, and eating disorders. They were also taught a five-step plan to address these mental health crises. The training content was developed by Mental Health First Ada England, and participation in refresher courses is recommended every three years. Reporting for Radio Cayman News, I'm Dion Anglin. That is your latest local news from Radio Cayman's newsroom. I'm April Cummings. With a look at Radio Cayman's local sports... I'm Dion Anglin. Cayman Islands national basketball player Joshua Ogaro suited up for the first time with the Sooners over the weekend. My first experience playing with the team live, to be honest, it was extremely great. Truly, truly a blessing. You know, I'm blessed to have that opportunity to play at such a high level. You know, it's a lot of emotions. I've been working for it for a long time. And then finally getting an opportunity to play really um, made myself proud and made my family proud. The team chemistry is like, you know, off the chains. You know, we're all like a family. From when I first came, everyone was welcoming. So, you know, that plays in a role when we're playing together. And, you know, it makes us glue stick together and play together as one. In a sense, you know, if you play sports, you understand that a little better. The 6'5 small forward should be redshirting this season. However, due to COVID-19, this year is considered a no zone. You know, I was supposed to be redshirting this year, but COVID brought one good thing forward, which was being able to play due to the fact that um, everyone gets a year back. So I would still be eligible to have my four years because I get a year back from COVID happening. The national basketball player made history once again, being the first Caymanian player to appear on international television via Fox Sports and ESPN on Saturday, making his debut with the University of Oklahoma Sooners. You know, being the first Caymanian to be on Fox Sports and ESPN is, I don't know, mesmerizing. It's words I can't even explain. Growing up, I'd always watch college basketball on TV. Like, I'd go to my grandparents' house, watch it on TV, and just, I to tell the whole family, like, one day I'm going to be playing there. And, you know, a couple years later, here I am playing here. So, it's like a I achieved one of the many personal goals I set for myself and, you know, some of the personal goals my family set for me. So, you know, proud to say that I've achieved it. And, you know, I'm still hungry and there's many, many more to come. Ogaro wears the number 21 for his team. In 2019, while in high school, he climbed the rankings to take eighth place in the 2021 Class of the State of California Basketball. According to ESPN, he also cracked the Class of 2021 Top 100 rankings for the U.S., ranking 95th overall. He was also ranked at 21st in the U.S. for a small forward position. And speaking of the Ogaros, Cayman national football player and Cayman athletic centre-back, left-back, centre-defensive midfield and goalkeeper Micah Ogaro is the centre-back for Sporting Wichita, an affiliate to the MLS team called Sporting Kansas City. Sporting Wichita played back-to-back games over the weekend. In the first game, they defeated KC Legends 5-0, and the second game was against OPSC Hammers, whom they defeated 4-1. However, after those two games on Saturday, Ogaro received his first college offer from the University of Dallas. Day one of the girls-only rugby camp saw 100 girls show up to play. The camp is about promoting girls and women's rugby in the Cayman Islands through fun, teamwork, and the opportunity to make new friends. Mercedes Foy is a teacher on island and an ex-England international rugby player. Coach Foy is still in awe by today's turnout. Oh my, it was amazing. We had 100 girls there today. We had 110 registered with a few cry-offs due to sickness, but hopefully they'll be able to make camp tomorrow. But it was absolutely fantastic. The 
amazing as well. It, yeah, it, 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 it couldn't have gone any better. So as you can probably hear in my voice, I'm still hyped up and so excited about it. The former England Red Roses international said the girls did a lot of fun activities on the first day. So we played lots of fun activities to start with and then we broke off into groups. Um, the girls completed a circuit where they played some rugby netball. They worked on rugby passing. We then went through some relays where they were actually hitting the tackle shield. And there was another game where they were stealing equipment and balls off of another team. And then we were working on some 1v1, 2v1 rugby game situation. So yeah, there's lots of rugby-specific stuff, but then also loads of fun, enjoyable, generic sports games and activities. And if you think today was fun, tomorrow the action gets even better. So tomorrow is, we're going to be working more towards um, a bit of contact rugby, where they're going to be tackling other students, where they're going to be running into some tackle bags, running into some tackle shields, working on how to present a ball in rugby, then going into a tournament at the end, um, which is based around um, a rugby netball game where there's going to be a bit more contact. So, but yeah, lots of fun stuff. We've got ice creams um, at the end of the sessions for, for all the girls as well. And we're also going to be giving away some prizes based on the rugby values, so based on passion, solidarity, integrity, based on bravery, based on enjoyment and sportsmanship. So yeah, lots to, to still go tomorrow. The sessions are only today and tomorrow from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. at the South Sound Rugby Club for girls ages 8 to 14 years. That's it for Radio Cayman's Local Sports for this evening. I'm Dion Anglin.